It's Cofield and Company, live on the road. Third down and goal. Burrow brings the Bengals back into the gun, drops it back, rifles a pass, and it's a Cincinnati touchdown. Yuzuma. Burrow looks to the right, forced out of the pocket, on the move now to the right. Raiders in pursuit, steps out of bounds, throws back at the end zone, cut for a touchdown by Boyd. Clock ticks inside of five. The snap. The season. Intercepted. The curse of Bo Jackson comes to an end as Jermaine Pratt makes the interception. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday. Season ends. Raiders lose. Raiders lose. Brent not happy. A lot of errors by the Raiders. A lot of what we saw all season long, even in a playoff season. But, you know, we tried to warn you on the show, telling you the truth, the good, the bad, whether they were winning or not. And then a lot of the bad came to the surface. Good season overall. They made the playoffs. They went 10-7. and We'll get to what happened on Saturday against the Bengals, what happened with the officials. We'll also set you up for a Golden Knights game tonight against the Penguins in town. And then uh, I am on the road in San Jose. This is must-win time. Rebels have to start stacking wins, especially against the lesser teams in the conference. So UNLV at 6 o'clock will take on San Jose on the road. We'll have running Rebel warm-up at 5.30. Willie Ramirez is over at the Fortress. Willie? Steve? How's it going? It's good, buddy. Got a big game here tonight. Golden Knights back in action after a brief pause, not on their part, but on Canada's part. Hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, as of now, the only pro game in town. Who's potentially back for the Knights tonight, as this has been a mash unit for much of the season? Well, it sounds like uh, they could get several players back based on um, based on Peter DeBoer saying that uh, the, there were some false positives. Um, Nolan Patrick, Shay Theodore, Nick Waugh, William Carrier. Carrier was was actually injured for a couple of games. Um, But they all practiced for the Knights today. So um, definitely would be a welcome back to the lineup because last week they had a lot of prospects playing in the the game against Toronto. So uh, adding Shay Theodore back to the defensive end and obviously adding a physical body like William Carrier and look at this Waugh's offense, Nolan Patrick, a body, you know, that's used to – what they've been doing um, before they hit this little slide. And it's much needed because the Penguins probably are the hottest team in the NHL right now. They've won 12 of the last 14. So it's a big test. Um, they definitely could use some reinforcements in terms of their starters, a lot of their regulars back in the lineup. Have to wait to see at game time. But I would, I would suspect that with those four skating this morning that we should see them on the ice. I think Pete DeBoer needed a little break. His nerves were wearing thin after the last game. He did a walk-off in what they do now for the uh, post-game press conference on Zoom as he was repeatedly asked about losing and you know not winning games at home. And throughout a short press conference, he mentioned he's kind of tired of next man up and pointed out how beat up they've been. So that all said, I mean, this is the debate we have on the, time, or in the uh, show all the time about – excuses versus facts you don't want to come off as an excuse but they really haven't been playing well of late but they've been beat to hell 
They have, and, and they never really do make excuses because this is a team that started off the season off with a slew of injuries, and a lot of bi- the main scorers and names, um, you know, that were either injured or they came across COVID, and so and, and they battled through it, you know, and after a rough start, I believe it was one and four, you know, they they. They rattled off a ton of wins with a lot of the prospects from the Henderson Silver Knights. And I think that that's one of the benefits of having the AHL team here. You recall somebody, there's not that last-second flight having to get someone, you know, the first couple of years, few years, they were flying people in from Chicago, right? The last, or they were having, when they were dealing with salary cap issues and having to, you know, um, remove them from the roster and then bring them back to the roster and, and the whole trickery with, uh, meeting salary issues um, and having to fly people back and forth. In reality, I don't. I don't necessarily think. I never really believed that they put them on a plane and had, and went through that kind of protocol. But it was more so the process in the guys that they did have to rush into town. Now they have guys across town that they can bring over. So they've endured this, and they're not going to use the injury as an excuse. They, they're they're basically going to use execution. And I I tend to think that you know these are these are human beings above and beyond professional athletes. It was a very trying and emotional week for everybody involved, maybe for the other guys on the other side, the guys like uh, Paul Stassing and Nate Schmidt, the guys like uh, Ryan Reeves and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Gerard Gallant, someone like Marc-Andre Fleury. They came in with a lot of passion. They came in with a lot of emotion. On the other side of it, you know, um, in dealing with what they were dealing with, the Golden Knights had to deal with Guys coming in looking for revenge. They they won't say it, but let's not forget that the first year that they were here, they said how important it was to beat their former team. So a lot of factors going into this home uh, stand right now. And again, going back to your point, they're not going to make excuses, and they got to they got to turn it around. And tonight's an important game, and it's a big test. And as good as the Golden Knights are. I believe that they'll step up to it. I believe that they're going to have some fresh bodies on the ice. They're rested. Okay? They've been off for five days, whatever it is, a handful of days. And, uh, you know, this is this is, this is is when you, you, you're put to – if you're going to be the best, you know, and they're in first place right now, holding off the Kings and the Ducks. Uh, the Kings play an important game up in San Jose right now, where you're at. Um, so, yeah. I uh, I expect to see the Golden Knights at their best tonight against the hottest team in the league. On to the NFL, Raiders out, Patriots out, Steelers out, Eagles out. <coughs> Cowboys out. The end of this game was an absolute travesty. Fire this, Ari. Whoa, I don't think this is going to work out. It will. They'll be able to clock this. They were playing for it. It's down, down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the... Official gets in the way. The game's over. The game is over. Oh, he did. Oh, they're going to look at this. It's going to be over because the umpire has to touch the ball. Of course, that's ridiculous for a game to end like that, Jim. Wow, I am livid if I'm a Cowboy fan and if I'm a Niner fan. That's the end of the game. The game is over. Unreal, Willie. And you're a Cowboy follower. That is, that's the culmination of the Cowboys season. About whether you're a Cowboys fan or not, you're worried about the disorganization with Mike McCarthy running things. From Mike McCarthy to Kellen Moore to Dak Prescott, 
you know, I, I'm not putting it on Dak Prescott, but in that situation, when you are the leader on the field, um, you have to tell somebody, you, you know, normally if you're the quarterback, right, you're, how many times have you seen a wide receiver catch the ball and feverishly run the ball to the official? You're the captain on the field. Now, imagine being the quarterback in a huddle going, don't forget, whoever catches it, I'm throwing it to you, blah, 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 blah. Get it to the to the umpire immediately because they got to touch it. Yep. How do you not think that? He hands it to his center. But you got to work backwards. So it, from him to Kellen Moore yep. to Mike McCarthy. So, you know, that – Got to cover all the cover, bases. Got to cover all the bases. The quarterback's got to know angles. it. If he doesn't know it – the OC's got to know it and tell him. If he doesn't know it, then the head coach has to know it and has to give the information. That is a just ridiculous way to end a game. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm seriously examining what I've got at OC and at head coach because all I heard after the game were excuses. Be a no-nonsense guy. You know who's a no-nonsense guy? Mark Davis because he's making changes already. We'll get into this on the way back, but Mike Mayock – uh, news coming down that Mike Mayock will not be the GM moving forward with the Raiders. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. at the, the fourth down, right? They snapped that ball with 17 seconds right. You could have gotten another play, gotten yourself another opportunity to try to push the ball into the end zone. That's giving yourself another shot to win. Absolutely. And I understand what you're doing. You're thinking we could get to the line right now, spike the football. Now we can regroup. But you also allow the Cincinnati Bengals to regroup. And I think if you get an opportunity to take a shot, you have to right there. Now back to Cofield and Company on the road. ESPN's Ryan Clark on mismanagement down the stretch by the Raiders and Derek Carr. Which quarterback made the biggest mistake in the waning seconds of the game? Dak Prescott or Derek Carr? Dak Prescott. I mean, you, you, we talked, we just talked about it. I mean, he, he, he should know better. And if that's the play going into that last play, 14 seconds, you have to know, first of all, he should have slid quicker. You have to have an awareness. You have to know. I mean, if you're going to run that play, you have to have some sort of field awareness, clock management, and you got to know to get up and hand the ball to the rep or the umpire. It's that's on him. And I believe that he made the bigger mistake than Derek Carr. They both, you know, the team. Both teams lost the game. I would, I would put, and and, and it's not entirely on Dak Prescott, but the final drive and how it ended is on Dak Prescott. I'm not sure that I put the entire final drive on Derek Carr. But wasting a play is gigantic when you're at the 10 or 11-yard line. Massive. Uh, Dak going down the field from the 40 to around the 20, you know, it, I mean, a very desperate situation. Right. You want to get well, you got, You want to get one more playoff. Hold on. Time um, out. But are you, if Carr you're wasting a play at the, at the 10 is a travesty. Okay, but if you're alluding to spiking the ball, today we heard from Rich Passaccia who said – he believes there was a miscommunication there that they probably could have done a better job in, and they probably could have got they should have gotten a playoff. Of course they we, should have. But, but we don't well, know. The last play that's on they Olsen. snapped with 17 seconds left. That's ridiculous. You, we you don't know if that's Greg Olson or if that was him. We don't know which one. We don't know if that's we don't know if that's Greg Olson or if that's Derek Carr doing that. 
they're in, remember they're in the ear, right? They're in the quarterback's ear. They're in the helmet. So we have no clue where that's coming from. I I I think the bigger mistake was made by Dak Prescott. So throughout the show, we'll uh, talk about the the blame game in the final game. And again, you know what? It doesn't mean that the season was a failure, but you had a chance to beat a slightly better team in the Bengals. You didn't get it done, and there were a lot of the same reasons that we saw throughout the season that led to not getting it done. So for you, what was the biggest issue? Was it Derek Carr with clocking the ball at the end and also losing another fumble? That's what, 36 since 2015? Uh, That led to a field goal. Um, The offensive line play with all the freaking penalties. The defensive backfield which i won't blame on the players i'll blame on the players who could and should be there and i'm not even talking about the injured guys the defensive backfield a lot of the weaknesses right now are based on the fact that john gruden and mike mayock drafted so poorly or is the biggest issue coming out of the game again the lack of great play calling inside the red zone that don't lead to touchdowns so what is it well I think it's a collection of everything, and I don't think that you can put the onus on any one thing. But I think if you were to, if you want to yank something from there, I think you have to look at the penalties. I know that people are going to talk about the refs and, and targeting the Raiders, but these are self-inflicting mistakes, false starts, the holding penalty. I mean, this is... Those are ridiculous penalties that by this point in time, we were talking about this in week one and week two and week three during a 3-0 yep. and start. We were talking about this during a bit of a downslide. We were talking about this in week eight. We were talking about this in a loss to the Chargers on Monday Night Football. We were talking about this in a ridiculous loss to the Bears at home, regardless of the situation and where their heads were at. You don't talk about silly mistakes on the offensive line in the opening round of the playoffs. You just don't. It's, it, th- these are things that should not be working against your offense. And it, and it can disrupt an entire rhythm and, and the, the chemistry and the flow of the game. That's not to make an excuse for Derek Carr, and it's not to make an excuse for anybody else or the play calling, but those are situations that disrupt the flow of your drives. And so I, I would I would yank those first. Then you have red zone issues. And this isn't just on this team. This isn't just on Greg Olson. I, so, well, no, it's not just on Greg Olson because Greg Olson wasn't calling the plays the last three years. That red zone issue has been an issue. Okay? The second or third exhibition game when John Gruden and I asked him the question about the red zone and he sna- kind of snapped and said he's tired of talking about it. <laughs> well, guess what? After John Gruden and with Greg Olson calling the plays and Rich Passaccia is the interim coach and Derek Carr is the quarterback, there's still red zone issues because they're kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. Really? This has been an ongoing yep. issue. Yep. So and they got snippy. You know, they got Carr got snippy with you. Oh well, to answer your real question, Ole's yeah. doing a great job and he loves him. There you so, go. Yeah. Not totally shocking that Mike Mayock is out. Not at all, right? Because, again, it just goes back to what I said. I don't know who to lay the blame at the feet of for the poor first-round picks, especially the building of the offensive line and the defensive backfield. But Mayock was part of it, and it just didn't work out. And they, you know, Basachi of all the guys who deserves a pat on the back, the fact that he got this team to win four straight down the stretch and finish up 10-7, and seven, overcome all of the stuff. And, by the way, we won't even get into the character issues of guys like Arnett and rugs, because that's a big part of drafting. And then, you know, having another third-round pick that they send to uh, 
Miami, you know, who didn't even make it to the freaking team, that was a disaster. So, you know, unless unless Mark Davis knew for a fact that John Gruden had, you know, made 95% of the final decisions on all of the draft picks, then I guess Mayock has to go. And that's the that seems to be the case because it's now official. Raiders have issued a statement, and Mike Mayock is out. We have relieved Mike Mayock of his duties as general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. We thank Mike for his contributions over the last three years and helping to form the foundation for the franchise to build upon his future. Well, I guess Max Crosby's a good foundation. There's some good picks in there. There's no doubt. He's you know had what? some good Nate, picks. Nate Hobbs, if he doesn't have any more you know, character issues, that's certainly a good pick. Um, but I'm gonna you, had two, you had two choices with Mike Mayock. Either you're extending him and he's going to pick – along with Mark Davis and other advisors, the next head coach. And if he wasn't trusted to pick the next head coach, then unfortunately he has to go, which, you know, I feel bad for him. I think he's a pretty nice guy. I think he does know personnel, but they made just too many mistakes over the years. I'm going um, to I'm – I'm not going on a limb and probably not saying anything that someone else out there has said, but I think this is a sign that you're chopping off the head – and it starts at the top, and I believe that this is a sign of things to come, and I believe that we're going to see something quicker than people actually uh, expect. You know, I don't think this is going to be long and drawn out like people, you know, like I don't think there's going to be a long process. Um, well, I'll ask you what's, more, I, what's more likely, because we're going to talk to our buddy Chris Matthews from Sports 8 in just a second. What's more likely, that it's a massive name head coach with a GM who that person wants to work with or a GM who's going to get the pick, whatever coach he wants, big name head coach or bigger name, you know, or big name GM, which one, what's more likely. I think it's going to be a big name coach. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Willie will continue on this. Mike Mayock is out. We don't know what the story is yet with interim coach, Rich Basaccia, Chris Matthews from channel eight is going to join us. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. That game coming up, which is on CBS, which is the Dallas Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers. We saw San Francisco with that overtime win in L.A. last weekend. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. Uh, I mean, a really good game. I think there's a lot of people that like to be calling that game. (laughs) But it should be a lot of fun. Back to Cofield and Company on the road. Damn, everyone's on edge. Trey Aikman all pissed off about his game assignment. We'll get to that in a little bit. Had he been on the Cowboys game, who knows what he would have done at the end of the game when Dak and company blew it. Clock running out on him as an old guy referee can't run 25 yards to get the ball down in time. And then we've got the local news now. Raiders, Mike Mayock. Relieved of his duties. So the roller coaster ride continues. Raiders looking to make some changes. Chris Matthews has covered the team all year long. From Sports 8, 8 News Now. He's up with Willie and Cofield. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good. Thank you for inviting me on, guys. How you been? Uh, good, good. Are good. you surprised in any way that Mike Mayock is out? No, not really. I mean, it's it seems like kind of the writing was on the on the wall, right, when you look down through the uh, – his three years here at uh, in Las Vegas and, and leaving Oakland and I, overall, what is he, 25 and 24 after three years. But you look at those 
first-round picks, and, and that'll always be a question mark. Was it Gruden? Was it Mayock? Was it a combination of both of them who made the picks? But a lot of them, I mean, you go through those first-round picks under Mayock, and you, know, you see Farrell and Jacobs and Abram and Arnett, Ruggs, Leatherwood. I mean, a lot of, they just had a lot of misses in that first round. Um, although they have, they have hit on some of the later rounds when you look at Crosby and Renfro and, you know, Merrick and, and uh, Hobbs. And so it's uh, probably not a surprise. I, I don't think anybody will be surprised if uh, Rich Versace is let go either. Or, and they'll probably, maybe they'll be happy if, he, if they retain him. I know a lot of players are talking about he held them together and he was the force that allowed us to, to win those four games. But when you think about it, they won four games, those last four games of the regular season by a combined 12 points. They lose any of those four, and the conversations are a lot different right now with Rich Passaccia. You know, interesting angle on this one. At least I find it interesting. You can shoot me down. If you were Passaccia, would you just would you move on today and just say, you know what, I appreciate it, but if I don't have a chance to get the head coaching job, I'd like to start interviewing for other jobs. Well, that's a great point because, like, even in his press conference today, he talked about that he's, you know, one of the many that will be interviewed by Mark Davis. He's already talked to Davis. He's going to have a, another meeting with, uh, meeting with him later in the week. But you're right. It, it, it's almost like, hey, if I'm not the guy, allow me to move on so I can get a job. If I am the guy, let's make a decision now. Um, and then there's the, the situation with Carr. Is the new is a new head coach going to come in? And what what is the deal with Carr? Does he work with Carr? Or does he go out and get his own guy? It's just, so many questions in this offseason to be answered. It's going to be a crazy offseason. Chris, let's go back to Saturday. For you, what was the the most glaring issue for the Raiders that resulted in them coming up short? Uh, just the, the game management down the end was just disappointing. When you think of the decisions that were made, the calls that were apparently made or that were not made, that was miscommunicated, even on that uh, spiking the ball, with over 30 seconds to go, today, Basaccia was asked about that in his press conference. So there was just some, some miscommunication. Well, you can't have miscommunication in a critical situation like that. Know what you're doing. And, and maybe if even maybe Carr should just said, I'm going to take the ball by the horns and, may, and make a play right here. We're not going to spike it. I mean, he's been in the league long enough to, to make those kind of decisions. You would think this is a critical time. And then, you know, just the, 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 the throw into the end zone, the run, uh, Renfro apparently slips, and so that goes wide. And then the fourth down, do or die, short of the end zone. And he, if he makes that catch, even if Zay Jones makes that catch, he's not going to get into the end zone. There's two guys flanking him, one behind him. He's just not going to get in there. So it's just, uh, unfortunately, that last drive just seemed like it was botched with game management and decisions that were made. It's just unfortunate because it seems like when you hold um, – Joe Mixon to what was the 48 yards, no touchdowns. Jamar yep. Chase didn't get a touchdown. And you hold the uh, Bengals to six points in the second half. You would think you'd come away with a win. I mean, I'd take that. Into the, if you went into the game saying, hey, we're going to be within seven. We're not going to allow the uh, Bengals a touchdown in the second half. Hold the six. I'd take that. But it, it didn't work out for them, unfortunately. Well, Chris, if there's one area that, succeeded throughout the season I believe it was the addition of Gus Bradley and the way he turned around that defense because over the course of the season it was the one thing that kept them in games it's the one thing that was able to balance things out when they were winning low scoring games like down the stretch during the four game win streak that said with Mayock out they they cut the they they're cutting this right the, the head off right from the top I don't. I'm not sold that Passacci is going to be kept around the way that it sounded today in this press conference, and just you know the fact that I think that this town and I think that Mark Davis needs a bigger name. 
I'm not going to be surprised if it keeps going down the line and Derek Carr has seen his last days and they try to deal him and look for somebody big with the names that are going to be available. Your thoughts on the upcoming moves after the Mayock uh, release today? Well, I have to agree with you, Willie. I, I, I would not be surprised if, uh, if Asachi is gone. I would not be surprised if Derek is dealt. There's just so many question marks. When you go through this season, what they have uh, – uh, uh, six walk-off wins, five off the leg of Daniel Carlson. Any of those could have gone the other way, and this is an extremely disappointing season. You think that now they won them all, which was great for the fans and Raider Nation. They got to the postseason, but even down the stretch, a couple of those walk-offs, they could have gone the other way. The Raiders lose, and, and they're not even in the postseason. Everybody's talking about a different story right now. And, and when you think through the course of the season, I mean, even at the beginning of the season, that, you know, you have, a, you have Zay Jones catch the touchdown. That could have gone the other way, and they lose that open. It just seems like there were so many things that happened, which were special. Fans loved it. We, you know, those of us who cover the team enjoyed the, the way this thing ended, and they get to the postseason. They win the Final Four, and everybody's rallying around this new coach, and he's bringing them together, and the players love him. But so many things could have gone just the other way, and we're not even having this conversation and it's more of you got to change the coach. We got to move in a new direction with the quarterback. We got to do this. But you're right, Gus Bradley. That's the one positive, right? I love that uh, Denzel had a terrific season. Uh, the two ends, Crosby and uh, Ngakwe, two of the best on the ends. It was fun to watch that defense. Now the secondary, that's another question mark that has got to be addressed. But yeah, you're right. The defense improved. Fun to see what they could do. What uh, you know, they hold these. Uh, quarterbacks and running backs down toward the end of the season. That was kind of interesting to see how they did that with Jonathan Taylor and then Mixon and so forth. But, yeah, it, they had so many close calls that this whole season could have been – really, it could have been a disaster. It wasn't. They won the 10 games. They got to the postseason. But it so easily could have been another, you know, six, seven, eight-win season, and people would be just up in arms right now. Well, and with the, your point to the secondary, I mean, <clears throat> it started off as one of the more improved units on the entire. I think that coming into the season, back to the exhibition games, and the way we were seeing them respond, a lot of people were thinking that the secondary was going to be the big unit, and the line was the question mark, but it, as it was, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe were outstanding off the ends, and then we just saw slowly but surely little things, injuries, and, and then, um, you know, just things took a toll with the secondary. I mean, Casey Hayward still came up with some big plays, so the, I think that they'll have to patchwork some things in there. I want to see if they retain Gus Bradley. Here, you, you have to admit, over the three, four years, you know, in terms of the Gruden era, I, I, I still consider this because it was, in a sense, Bisaccia finished off this year. Um, Bradley's only been here one year, so he did his job. I've been saying that. Now, as far as Carr is concerned, where do you see or who do you see you know, there, there's some disgruntled quarterbacks out there that probably will not be back with their teams that are pretty big names, Russell Wilson being one of them. Aaron Rodgers, still in it, hasn't played a playoff game yet. They host the 49ers. Um, there are some other big names. Now, depending on his legal issues, Deshaun Watson. Who can you see being the fit? Because this has become a town where, you know, I liken the situation in terms of the excitement for people that want to come here to like with the Golden Knights. In the NHL, everybody wants to play for Vegas. I think that this is a franchise where people want to come to Las Vegas. Well, yeah, and you're right. Without the, without the tax, you, know, you certainly make more money. you got brand-new facilities, top-of-the-art facilities, a great stadium, a fan base that was 
that Charger game was just phenomenal with the Allegiant Stadium rocking all day because that was a big game, an important game, and the fans showed up and they and and the, and the players talked about that how just terrific it was. So um, you know, it really goes back to the problems that they had all season, right? They got a, the offensive line was so suspect. Um, some of these picks, Leatherwood moving around offside. The penalties were just the penalties just kill this uh. team. How many drives and great plays that, you know, Jacobs gets down to the inside the, the, the one-yard line, but it was a holding. They bring it back. They have to settle for a field goal. Jacobs has a big run holding. you got to bring it back. Just so many crazy, uh, just irresponsible penalties on that offensive line over the course of the season. and just crazy. It just drove everybody nuts. Chris, great spot, man. We appreciate it. What do you got coming up in the next couple hours on the Mayock News? Well, we'll have more with Mayock, uh, kind of see what he's going on. And, of course, we've got Derek England tonight. It's a Monday, so we talk uh, with Derek England, our face-off with Derek England, talk about, you know, he was a former Penguin. The Pittsburgh comes in here. So, you know, he still has a few friends, he says, on that team. So much turnover, though. But uh, we'll talk about that. And then uh, we've got the Runner Rebels, where you are. See if they can win. Kevin Kruger's doing a great job. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There he is, Chris Matthews. Check it out, 8 News Now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sports8. Another Voice of wisdom, guy who makes a living betting these things. We'll find out how Dave Koken did this weekend and get his opinion of the Raiders losing and also just relieving Mike Mayock, the GM, of his duties. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Debo can do it all. Samuel, you had a crazy game. You was doing it all. 100 total yards in a touchdown. How does it feel being mentioned as a running back and a wide receiver? I mean, it's just amazing, man. Um, I don't second question anything Kyle asked me to do. Um, I trust him just as well as he trusts me with the ball in my hands, and I just go out here and give him all. Yo, what was going on through your head when you guys knew you guys won? Back to Cofield and Company on the road. There you go. Young Dylan, as far as we know. Young Dylan asked his dad doesn't work. His dad doesn't work in the NFL, so he's earning it on his own. Great post-game interview. Slime on the field. Nickelodeon nails it again. Just switch to the Nickelodeon crew full time. We're all gonna we're all yeah. for that. We're all for that. Even the old guys, right? He asked a lot of good questions, that kid. He lost a lot of better questions. There's an energy. I like it. Better questions than some of the colleagues I know. Uh, Bad energy right now around the Raiders is Mike Mayock is out. He's been relieved of his duties, and I'm all for these stories. I saw that Pete Prisco just said uh, Mike Mayock got talked into Cleve Furl by Gruden. I heard Mayock wanted Devin White. I'm sure more of those stories will come out because – that was really the decision to be made. Like, how much of the draft failures were Gruden and how many were on Mike Mayock? Dave Koken has been covering sports in Vegas forever. He joins us every Monday. He does the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with me on Thursday nights. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Just fine. Um, and not this Thursday night, though, appears because you're on the road. Yeah, we might have some difficulty on that one. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can uh, have uh, someone else on the Sunshine Man. But uh, give me your reaction on Mayock. Going bye-bye, even if, even if Gruden was who pushed Mayock into making a lot of these picks, it didn't turn out. Well, he might have pushed him into it, but, I mean, Mayock had he had the title. So, ultimately, it's supposed to be his decision. And the fact is, and look, I'm not, I'm not going to say that Mayock should have known about the questionable character of some of the players. Yep. But the fact is, there are some players on, that he drafted that, ended up having questionable characters, and somebody's got to take the blame for that. 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, our buddy Vic Tafer from The Athletic tweeted out, you know, about the uh, picks being disasters to underwhelming, and he did tag it with can't put Ruggs' tragedy on Mayock or the Raiders. I don't know, man. You, maybe you can't put it on Mayock, but from what we heard, uh, that wasn't the first time Ruggs was, you know, had a habit of driving like a jackass. So some of it is on the Raiders. If you've got guys misbehaving around the facility or you have knowledge of guys, you know, not making good decisions, then it is on the club. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I look, you got to do as much homework as you can. And it's not just what they can do on the field or how fast they run the 40. And, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that's, uh, that's perfect. But I, I have to believe there were some indications that these guys were, to use the word you're using, jackasses. Well, I mean, Mayock said that there were some reservations about Arnett and his character. So then, yeah. like, why, why, would you, why are you drafting a guy essentially you know, 20, 20 spots ahead of where he's projected in the draft if, on top of that, he's got character issues? So, Dave, what's more likely? Do they get a uh, experienced or hotshot GM in place and that person hires the coach, or are we going to get a Bafo name head coach who has a GM that he wants? I haven't got the slightest idea. I, I don't know, so I'm not even going to hazard a guess. Well, the guy I'm referencing is Harbaugh. So do you think Harbaugh back to the NFL is the move for the Raiders? Is, that what, you, is that what you would do? I think it's the move for Harbaugh. So, you know, look, he's done. He did what he wanted to do at Michigan. He got him into the playoffs. He put the bad 2020 season uh, behind him. Uh, I think it's time for him to go back to the NFL. And... You know, look, he's got a good reputation, so they could do worse, I think. You know what, and Steve posed the question to me a couple segments ago in terms of do we go big-name GM and a coach or big-name coach and a GM. And in my opinion, I think you go with the big-name coach who is going to be football-minded and he's going to and he's going to work in 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 hand in hand with the GM but the GM's got to be a business like mind on the operation when we talk about character let's just say that they vetted these guys before the draft and nothing popped up the fact of the matter is is Josh Jacobs drove through the airport tunnel after the season finale and got a DUI or was I'm not sure if he got a charge whatever but he was pulled over right he had an incident Damon Arnett they swept under the rug an incident last year and he drew, and he raced up to the uh, to the facility so there's an incident right there Steve just mentioned the rugs where he had already been on film on a Snapchat. So these are character issues while you're with the program, and you did nothing about it but hush-hush it and reprimand, but the writing was on the wall. I think they need a business-minded, straightforward GM and a coach who wants to just coach football. Screw the power trips of the John Grudens and the guys that want to do both, and that is what is going to make this team run properly because I feel that that was where the power struggle was and there was a lot of mix-ups. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not there, so I can't tell you. All I know is they have a middle-of-the-pack roster that needs improving, so I don't care who the coaches. Uh, they're not going far with this roster. Uh, so they've got to upgrade, and, and part of that is getting guys who are going to be good guys. I mean, that, that does enter into it. Dave Koken, wagertalk.com, a uh, longtime host with ESPN Las Vegas. So you had the Bengals on Saturday. 
why did you take the Bengals, and, and did it kind of play out the way you thought it would with some key Raiders mistakes? Uh, yes and no. I thought I actually thought the Raiders played better than I thought they would. Um, I, I, it was just a numbers play for me, and, you know, sometimes the numbers work. They did there, and sometimes they don't work. My number on Dallas clearly wasn't very good because they were – they were the second best team in the field by a lot in that game. And, uh, I, you know, look, um, it's one thing to lose, but then McCarthy in the postgame, yep. defending the play call, yep. kind of almost trying to shift the blame to the officials for not getting – And is he nuts? That was a terrible play call. Of course it was. It was ridiculous. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things in betting that I, I have to stop doing so that I actually can win – like, trust what you say or you think throughout the season. Because I, I, I was also on the Cowboys in what was going to be a close game. Why would I ever trust Mike McCarthy? All I yeah. talked about was how this was going to happen at the end. Something like this, he would mismanage it, and then I bet him. Yeah, well, I mean, mine was on the numbers. but I know. The, the numbers clearly weren't right. And I just I couldn't believe the postgame. I, I was like, can't yep. you just admit you got it wrong? Uh it, you want to take the blame off Prescott's shoulders, that's fine. He got it wrong, too. And the, the thing that cracked me up was he said, well, what would you rather have, a Hail Mary from a 50 or uh, multiple shots from uh, from closer? Well, first of all, you weren't going to get multiple shots. Uh, and secondly, I'd rather have two <laughs> two Hail Marys from the 50. You got, yeah. you got two shots in 14 seconds, and you might get a pass interference. I mean, they do call that in the NFL. So, he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, and, hey, Dave, uh, uh, you know what my answer would be there? What would I rather have? How about the 45 seconds back uh, that you wasted trying to outsmart the Niners after you already beat them on a fake punt? Like, what Like what are you doing? Yeah. That well, time was a killer in the end. It, it was, I mean, what, do you think the 49ers were going to call timeout because they didn't have the right personnel to defend the first down with the punt team? I mean, what, that's, that's. He's, he's outmatched. It's as simple as that. He's got to go. Yeah, and you know what? To your point about taking two shots uh, downfield, uh, San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken, was the highest penalized on DPIs this season, or at least one of the, one of the most. So uh, Bill's Patriots you stayed away from. You mentioned the numbers. Were you worried of what the Patriots were going to do, or were you worried what the Bills could do? What, what kept you uh, away from that? I, again, it was the numbers. That's all. And I knew five minutes in, it's like, oops, uh, Buffalo's way better than the Patriots. My numbers, are just, numbers are, my numbers aren't always good in the NFL. They didn't cost me anything in that game, obviously. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this, I think Buffalo's better than Kansas City. So I'll be taking a look Ooh. at that game yeah. this week. All right. Uh, NHL, you feeling good about the Knights after a bit of a layoff here? I mean, the schedule's been pretty disjointed. A tough game tonight, but a great game to watch. I mean, this, this should be a real good battle. The Penguins... Coming in on fire, Jerry's been great in goal. Uh, I think maybe the Golden Knights get him tonight, but I'm not willing to back that with money. But uh, it's certainly what I'm going to be watching. I know there's a football game on, but I'm going to be watching that hockey game. Dave, I was thinking about you yesterday when I was doing some write-ups for some sites, and I saw that Vancouver price, and I said, man, Dave Koken loves the Vancouver Canucks since the coaching change, and look at the record. And sure enough, they go into Washington and beat them. Well, yeah, that was a really tough spot, though. I, I did not bet him yesterday, and it's a good win for them, but I mean, that, that was a really tough spot for the Canucks. 
but they are. I mean, they, they, they're clearly enjoying the Boudreaux system, which is much more aggressive offensively than his predecessors, and they're having fun and playing good hockey. Wagertalk.com is where you can find all of uh, Dave's information. By the way, belated happy birthday. We didn't get to tell you on the air last week, so happy birthday, Dave. I appreciate it. Hope to have a few more. Yeah, well, I hope you have a lot more than a few. All right, Dave, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you. See ya. There he is, Dave Koken. All right, 4 o'clock hours coming up. Early Big Five. We'll do the Big Five at 4. We'll get into uh, more on what happens, uh, what happened today with the Raiders and the firing of Mike Mayock and then some other changing of the guard around the league, including in Pittsburgh where the Steelers just didn't have it against the Chiefs.